shut each and every one of us in with your own self. This cold and wet May evening. Father, yet you can still speak to hearts and reach the souls of men and women. Thank you for those that you've brought along this evening, who have come along here. For each and every one of them, Father, we pray that you would speak in whatever way you seem it and deem it fit to do so. Glorify your Son. And help me, Lord, to speak well of him. Lord, warn the lost. Would you regenerate the dead in heart? And Lord, call men and women to the cross. We ask it for Jesus' name's sake. Amen. We find here in Proverbs 15, there are opposites right through our reading. First of all, in chapter 15 and in verse 24, the opposites are the way of life, or above, many commentators say it means heading to heaven, on the road to glory, to kingdom come. The way of life is above to the wise, that he may depart from hell beneath. There is the opposite of heaven and above, beneath and hell, beneath and hell. The first person we see in our reading is the wise, the wise man or the wise woman. The way of life to them is above. In other words, the way of life, they have found it's more than this life. These hours that we watch our clocks go round and our watches on our wrists, that this life, this life is a fleeting life. James even asks us, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. I'm sure there are people my age and older will be thinking of days when they were younger, and yet they have been so quickly passed. When you were younger and you seen someone older, you thought you forever. And suddenly your life has been fleeting. And your life has changed. And you've got older. And your life is passing you by. So quickly you were in school and now you're maybe retired from your work. So quickly the years have flown past. And you wonder where all that time has gone. I'm in my 50s and I still to this day, think, where have all of those years gone to? Notice the way of life is above to the wise. The way is the Lord Jesus Christ, for he alone says in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So the Lord Jesus is not only the way to heaven, but he is the way to the Father, the God of heaven. 
The Lord Jesus sets us, as it were, in this life on the path to glory, leading us and guiding us in his word, according to his word, that you and I might be right before God when we stand before him on that day. Notice here, there is the way of life above. We are told to set our affections as Christians on things above and not on the earth. So many of us are earthy. So many of us are carnal. So many of us are worldly. So many men and women are so worried and concerned about the here and the now and give no thought whatsoever of a heaven again, of the glory to come and the Christ who sits upon the throne. We are so human and natural and carnal, but yet we are temporal and do not realize there is an eternal. When we walk with Christ, when we have surrendered our lives to him, since we have been born again, And since we have been saved and washed in his precious blood by faith trusting in him, we find the further we walk in this way above while on this earth, the further we walk in this way above, the further we depart from hell beneath. Because hell was our destiny. Hell, that place of a lake of fire, That place of eternal torment, it was our destiny, the destiny of every man and every woman. The destiny where we would end up without Christ by rejecting the gospel, by rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, by rejecting his finished and completed work on the cross, by rejecting the precious blood, refusing to be washed and cleansed. And you and I would have been finding ourselves in hell beneath. In hell beneath. I trust this evening there's none here nor none that would leave this place this evening who would find themselves in an eternity of hell beneath. In other words, they would not find themselves in a lake of fire Guilty before God is charged. And yet you have heard, maybe for the first time this evening, or maybe you've heard many times, you've heard how Christ died for our sins, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And you have refused to come to him. You've refused to turn to him. And you have refused to be saved by him. The further we walk this way in this life above is the further we depart from hell beneath. Notice we have heaven and we have hell. We have, in other words, the man and woman earthy and carnal. I want to tell you this evening, if you cleave to earthly matters, if you cleave to the dust of this earth, the fleeting, failing, 
and fickle things of this life and you cleave to them and love them with all your heart while rejecting and refusing Christ. If you cleave to the dust of the earth, you will sink to the hell beneath it. You will be lost. The wise, those who are in Christ are wise. Those who have accepted Christ and not rejected him, the Bible calls them wise. The wise in Christ will find themselves in glory with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nextly in verse 25, we have another opposites. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but he will establish the border of the widow. Notice the proud and the widow. And you might say, well, how is that different? They're just two different people. How come there's a heaven and a hell? Yes, but what about the proud and the widow? What is the difference between them? The idea here of the proud is the man who is at odds with God, at odds with himself, and at odds with his neighbor. He thinks he's all right. She is all right the way they are. And they think and believe they need not God nor Christ. They do not need the blood of the Lamb. They do not need to be saved for in their own heart, in their own mind, I am good enough. I am okay. Or even the proud who say they believe not in God, who reject the knowledge of God, and the thought of God, and what God has done for them, believing rather in a, in a universe and an earth that was created by accident and formed all of these life forms on this planet just by colliding molecules and forming DNA and coming out of mud puddles and being fashioned from monkeys came the human being. It takes more faith to believe in that in which it does to take faith that Christ died for your sins. Notice here the pride. I don't need him. I don't need Christ. I don't need saved. I do not need anyone else but myself. The pride says, I am my own master of my own destiny. I am my own God, and I am. I am. They take the divine title unto themselves by saying, I am this, and I am that. When God said to Moses, Thou shalt say, I am that I am have sent thee. Rather, they making themselves God by even taking his name and putting it on themselves. They are the proud. They are the proud. Let me look at this, if you'll turn with me, to Proverbs chapter 8, please, verse 36. Just why we are here. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 36. First of all, we find 
the proud is that the proud, proud is he's full of pride, she is full of pride, and they are odds at odds with themselves. Notice, but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. And the man and woman who are proud and need not Christ and say they don't want him nor believe in God, the pride of my man's heart, listen to what the Lord says, but he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. You're wronging your soul tonight, friend. You're wronging your own soul. You're damning your own soul to the grave and to a lost eternity. The rest of the chapter, it says, All they that hate me loveth death. So therein is the word of God. First of all, you are proud being at odds with yourself. If you'll turn to chapter 13, please. And that's where I run down to verse 10. The prideful man and woman are at odds with their neighbor. Only by pride cometh contention. Now, the idea here is not your neighbor that lives just next door to you. But it means your neighbor in society. We are your neighbor tonight. We are your friends tonight. Those who have sung the songs of Zion. Liana, she got up and sang two pieces about the Lord. The gates that have been opened. Those who have welcomed you at the car park. The men behind me. Those who have pled. And everyone here this evening who know Christ. We are your neighbor. And you're at odds without Christ. And without Christ and at odds with us, it means you're at odds with the Lord. Because the Lord is within us. And the Lord has saved us. Notice there's contention. Who do these Christians think they are? Who do these Christians think they are? Who does that preacher think he's talking to when he says that I... I'm proud in my own heart. That I'm proud because I don't believe. And I'm proud because I reject his Savior. Who does he think he is? Friend, I'm here as your neighbor. I'm here. And contention is not with that which I mean to be in with you this evening. Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well-advised is wisdom. Now we're well advised this evening not to reject the Lord Jesus. We are well advised this evening. We have wisdom. Wisdom in this chapter. It says if you want to get anything, get wisdom. And the wisdom of the wise is Christ himself. He is the wisdom of the universe. He is the wisdom of Solomon who writes these. He is the wisdom of the scriptures. Uh, Christ himself, he came to bleed and die for you. To shed his precious blood for you. And in the wisdom and in the knowledge of God, 
He has brought you to this place this evening that you might hear the word of God, wise words which are able to save the soul this evening, your soul. So the pride is at odds with himself. The pride is at odds with his neighbor. And the pride is at odds with the Lord. Chapter 16 of the book of Proverbs, please. Chapter 16. The book of Proverbs. And verse 5. Everyone that is pride in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Notice, everyone that is pride in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Pride. Pride. Man's pride. My pride. Your pride. Pride in a home. Pride in a family. Pride of a husband who won't even apologize when he's wrong to a wife and a wife to her husband. Pride. God says it's an abomination because you're proud. He and she who thinks they're right and they're wrong are full of pride. We hear today of nothing but pride. Pride parade. Pride of sexuality. Pride of immorality. Pride of men's hearts. Pride of women's hearts. Pride in life. Notice everyone that is Pride in heart is an abomination to the Lord. The scriptures tell us what this word abomination is. It's a word, tuava, tuava. And it means a disgusting thing. It means an abhorrence to God. Notice an abhorrence to God. An abhorrence in his nostrils. An abhorrence before him. An abhorrence and disgusting in his eyes, in his sight. And our pride is like that before God, an abomination. Scriptures tell us, sodomy is an abomination to God. The Scriptures tell us that even the pig is an abomination to God because it gives the idea of a vile creature, a vile animal, that which eats its own feces and its own babies, and any dead bodies. A pig will eat the worst of the worst. And the dirt of the ground. It's an abomination to the Lord. And that's why the Lord says. Pride is an abomination to me. Though hand join in hand. He shall not be unpunished. It doesn't matter the crowds we gather in. It doesn't matter the people we take hands with. Those whom we fellowship with. It doesn't matter our numbers. Nor how many are on our side. It doesn't matter if all society think I'm right. Pride is an abomination unto the Lord. That's what the scriptures tell us this evening. Friend, have you a prideful heart? Are you the man or the woman who says there is no God? The scripture says the fool hath said in his heart there is no God. And everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. So the prideful heart is at odds with himself. 
The prideful heart is at odds with his neighbor. And the prideful heart is at odds with the Lord. It's one thing. Being at odds with your own self and struggling. It's another thing being at odds with the Christian who's trying to warn you of the eternity that you'll spend in if you're not saved. But it's another thing to be at odds with the Lord whom you'll stand before. Now that is a serious matter. Notice you sin against yourself. You sin against your neighbor. But God looks and says you're an abomination to me. The man full of pride. who will not bend nor bow the knee. You know why men sometimes. Some men don't believe in God. And reject him. Because some men know fine rightly there is a God. And if they accept God. They have a responsibility to walk with him. They have a responsibility to serve him. That he will come into their life and change their heart. And change their life. And change their home. And change the way they are. And the way they act. And the way they feel. And the way they think. He'll change everything about you. We sang Jesus came along and he touched me. And I will never be the same. Oh but Christ. Comes into the life and changes a man. And he changes a woman. I take note of this widow in verse 25. Here is the pride. We have given you an example. I know this is strong. But that's the word. That's what it's meaning. The Lord will destroy the house of the pride. In other words everything He tries to put his own hand to. Will come to nothing. But he will establish the border of the widow. Now the idea here. God is giving us a sense of the person. Who realizes. Their destitution. You see a widow in Israel. A widow was a woman. Who was left on her own. Had she no sons to look after her. At the passing of her husband. No social services. No help from government. No one gathering around. But the widow was someone who was in need. Knew her need. Realized her need. And cried out for her need. Yet even in Luke chapter 18. We remember the woman who came to the unjust judge. And he would have nothing to do with the woman. But by her continual Coming to him, he relented to look after her. Showing the idea of the widow woman. How needful she knew she was. She needed someone greater, someone bigger, someone better to step into her situation and to help her. Hence the pride. I need none but the widow. I need help. I need Christ, says the sinner. Who realizes his sin. Who realizes her sin. I need saved. A young woman. This morning. 
in the service. A young mother of two. A Roman Catholic came to church this morning. The CET. And afterwards I was speaking to her. Roman Catholic. And she says. I went to mass. I go to mass all the time. It does nothing for me. Can't get no relief. There's no peace in it for me. I says there won't be there. Because it's a blasphemy before God. And I explained it to her. And she says to me, I had, her words, a divine experience, I think. I said, dear, are you saved? Are you saved? And as I started to speak to her about her need of salvation, she says, I don't know. I go to Mass. I go to chapel. Beautiful, nice young woman. And I says, no, are you saved? She had some sort of a religious experience, a divine presence she felt and thought, and now I'm trying my best. I hope and pray when I get to heaven, I get in, she says. I says, you will not get in like this. But you must realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior and Christ alone saves. Not CET Church, nor me, nor anyone else. But Christ and Christ alone. And she saw it. And she caught it. And she says, can I get saved? And I pointed her to Christ. She was like the widow. She is like the sinner. I can't do this myself. I've tried. I've struggled. I've pressed. I've been to chapel. I've talked to the priest. I've been to the mass. And none of it has saved me. But Christ came this morning and met her face to face through the Holy Ghost and the preaching of his word. And she said afterwards, oh, the relief. That's her words, the relief. I feel lighter. I said, your sins have been washed away. And she left. And I said, remember, you're saved. You're blood washed. You're blood bought. You're Christ. And she was, thank you, thank you. No, thank Christ. Yes. Until a sinner realizes their destitution of salvation like the widow, they can never be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ says that he had not come to call the righteous. In other words, the self-righteous. But he had come to call sinners unto repentance. The next verse, we'll close this in a moment. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. There's that word again. The thoughts of the wicked 
are an abomination to the Lord. But the words of the pure are pleasant words. The thoughts here, just the mind, tells me that God knows the mind of man. God knows the mind of woman. God knows the very fleeting thoughts. God knows the impurities. God knows the murder in your heart and your mind. That is a hatred of someone, of your brother or sister. God knows it. The thoughts of the wicked. Oh, there's wicked men and women about today. Scheming and conniving and planning. That's what the word thoughts means here. The schemes and the plans and the and the wicked ways. Even the very thoughts without the actions are enough for a man and woman to be deemed wicked in the eyes of the Lord. The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord. Just in Genesis chapter 6, if you'd like to turn with me. This word just happens to come up. And it's an exact same word. It's the exact same tense in the original text that it is written in. It is the exact same in Genesis chapter 6, please. And in verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. God looked at the antediluvian world. And there he says, I see their wickedness. And I see their thoughts. And I know their heart. And it's continually evil before me. Verse 7, he says, it says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created off from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Notice, he says, it repents me, not that God is repenting as a sinner repents. He gives it in our language that God looks at them and God sees them. Look at them. Verse 8 says, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The word grace is the word kanan. It comes from a root word kian. And it means one bowing down or stooping down in kindness to an inferior. One bowing down or stooping down in kindness to an inferior. Noah is the inferior. God is the superior. And God bowed down and stooped down in kindness to Noah. He says, Noah, I'm going to flood the earth. Judgment is coming. Build an ark to the saving of thy house. Build an ark and here's the dimensions. Build the ark exactly from what I tell you to build it off. And the way I tell you to build it. Build an ark and you'll be saved. And friend, Christ is our ark. And we must come the way God has told us to come. By the way of the cross. Through the blood of the Lamb. Must we be saved. Oh, God knows the thoughts of every heart and of every mind. And notice in our reading, Proverbs chapter 15. 
The thoughts of the wicked. You see the word wicked here? It's used again in verse 28. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. The term here for wicked, it's a Hebrew word, ra. Ra. And in this tense here, where we're reading, it gives the idea of an absolute state of the man and woman. Of the absolute state of the sinner. It means that the thoughts of those who are wicked are in an absolute state of continuous, disagreeable, malignant, bad, evil thoughts and ways. That's the idea of this word. And that's the heart of every one of us without Christ. That's the heart of every one of us before a holy God. Now note here, the thoughts of those wicked are an abomination. They're an abhorrence to God. But the words of the pure, here's the opposite, the pure, the words of the pure. Thoughts of the wicked, but words of the pure. Wholesome words, good words, gospel words, Bible words. Speech with wholesomeness. Take note, the words of the pure. The word pure here, you know what it means simply? Those who have been washed. Those who have been washed. Wise from wickedness, impurity, and from sin. Friend, can I ask you tonight, are you pure? Have you been washed in the blood? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Have you been cleansed from all your sin? For God gives you not only a new heart, He gives you a new mouth. The mouth that will speak of him takes away bitterness from your heart. He takes away wickedness from your heart. He takes away murderous thoughts from your heart. He takes away everything that is against him and at odds with him from the heart. Verse 27, he that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that heareth gifts shall live. Notice, greedy of gain and those who hate gifts. The idea here is there are those who strive in this life, in this life, and they strive and strive and strive. They get and they gain. It's all about me myself and I. It's about me, myself and I. Forget God. It's about me. We're back to the pride again. We're back to the pride. Am I talking to someone who God says you're greedy of gain? Me, myself and I. And you've forgotten me. God has been good to you. You've walked away from him and forgotten him. Notice here. 
He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house. In other words, your own home will never be happy. Will never know true peace without the peace of Christ. No matter how much you get, you'll never be happy. Listen, there are people with millions in the bank. They've won the lottery and they've been cheering and popping champagne cork bottles. Big magnums of champagne shaking it. And the media have been all around and taking their photographs. And they've won 80 million or whatever it is. And everything's happy. And the next thing they know, their marriage is falling apart because they're greedy again. Their children have went off the rails. And are in danger of dying through all the addictions that come with greedy again. Their lives have fallen apart with greedy again. Because man loves greedy again. But he that heareth gifts shall live. Please turn with me to Genesis 14. Genesis chapter 14, please. Abraham has come from the battle of the kings. His nephew Lot and the, and the women have all been taken away captive. And Lot goes and fights at the battle of the kings. Coming back victorious. The king of Sodom. The king of Sodom offers him gifts. Because he's done a great work. Notice what it says. Genesis 14. Verse 23. Look at the heart of Abraham. That I will not take from a thread. Even to a shoe latchet. And that I will not take anything that is thine, lest I say, I have made Abraham rich. Abraham said to the king of Sodom, who was vile and wicked, keep your worldliness, keep your goods, keep your wants, your wills, your plans, keep it. I want nothing of it. You're not going to say you gave Abraham a victory. Because Abraham in faith knew it was God his victory was in. And so he that heareth gifts shall live. So I finish with this. Thank you for your attention. Verse 28 of our reading. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. But the mouth of the wicked poureth evil, out evil things. The righteous in Christ will study for the will of God in their life. For the word of God for their life. They'll study that God may speak into their life. But there are those who are wicked, absolute state, disagreeable, malignant, bad, evil heart. And they'll speak evil things. You know something, friend? I have not meant to offend you tonight. The Bible says every one of our hearts, the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. And I try to read. My heart, every heart, is desperately wicked before a holy God. But only when Christ comes into the heart, 
He gives you a new heart after him. You might say, if I was to get saved, you know I could never keep it. You're right, you couldn't. He keeps you. If I was to get saved, I couldn't do this and that and the other, friend. You don't want to do this, that and the other. You want to serve him. When Christ comes into the life, he gives you the ability to go on, the grace to carry on. So before you leave tonight, if you're unsaved and you're here tonight, don't say that's it. And speak evil things of the Lord. I don't believe or I don't agree. Don't speak evil things that this is nonsense and the man up there, the preacher, say what you want of him. Don't speak evil things against the Lord, but rather call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. May God bless his word to us, to all of our hearts. For Jesus' name's sake. Amen. The Lord bless you.